Many countries around the world maintain a national joint registry, collecting evidence of successful trends in joint implantation and providing opportunities to find areas for improvement. In the absence of a national system, as in the case in the United States, state-level programs may help us gather data. What are the keys to building a statewide joint registry? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment focused on healthcare policy. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery and Practicing General Surgeon. Our guest is Dr. William Jaronic, Associate Professor of Orthopedics and Chief of the Adult Reconstruction Section of Orthopedic Surgery at the Virginia Commonwealth University School of Medicine. Dr. Jaronic currently leads a campaign across the state of Virginia to create a statewide joint registry. Welcome, Dr. Jaronic. Thanks, Mark. What motivated you in the first place to start this program? I had seen a delay in removal of a problem implant, an implant that had a manufacturing defect that led to it not becoming fixed to bone in hip replacement. I had seen it continue to be implanted long after there were lots of anecdotal reports of problems. This was about eight years ago. And what did you do because of it? Well, I thankfully was not implanting that specific product, but I began to do some research on how many had been implanted and what the company's response had been and what the delay had been. And then I began talking to fellow orthopedic surgeons in the state and saying, you know, I think other countries have joint registries. Our national registry appears to be bogged down in some political and legal problems. Perhaps we should try a more grassroots approach and and start a registry in the state. They agreed with me, and that was about six years ago, and we've been working on it since. What made you take it upon yourself to do this as opposed to saying, well, why doesn't someone else do this? I think that there was a clear need. This was something that I thought if I could establish it and establish it in the right way, it potentially could take off by itself and would not be as much work as I now know it is. (laughs) And I thought that it was probably something that, that was good for our profession and for our patients. Have others worked to develop joint registry before? Others have, yeah. In other states, there's a joint registry in the Kaiser Permanente system in California. There's a local registry in Minnesota. There are lots of smaller registries. We've had a lot of people in the state of Virginia who've been working from all over the state helping us develop the database and enter data and figure out how we're going to report the data. Well, who monitors the data in Virginia? How do you keep it and how is it safeguarded? It's monitored by a board of a 501c3 public charity, the Virginia Joint Registry, that is organized to provide this data. And while we're still in the beta part of developing the database and testing it, we're entering data. We're not yet to the point where we can make a a yearly report about joint replacement. I think we have to be at least 75% compliance across the state before we can do that. And how do you comply with the HIPAA regulations, the legal aspects, the privacy concerns? Well, because this is a web-based database, 
behind a standard firewall with logins and passwords, which is the way most of our electronic medical records are. So it certainly is compatible with, with HIPAA regulations. Where did you find the funding for this process? You know, it's interesting. I had a, a grateful patient who I said, you know, we've been talking about doing this. I think it's something that needs to happen for the patients in the state. And he agreed with me and gave us our initial uh, donation of 50000 which allowed us to do a lot of the legal work and set up the database. Now, was this a patient who had a problem? No, this was a patient who had multiple joint replacements and was quite thankful. And since that $50,000, who funds you? We beg wherever we can, and I think we, the surgeons, occasionally have to dip into our coffers to fund, but we're funded by hospital chains in the state of Virginia. We have not yet received a grant from an industry grant, although we will try to get some of those if we can do it in a way that appears that we're not biasing the results. If you have just joined us, you are listening to a special segment, Focus on Healthcare Policy on ReachMDXM157. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and our guest is Dr. William Jeronik, Associate Professor of Orthopedics and Chief of the Adult Reconstruction Section of Orthopedic Surgery at the Virginia Commonwealth University School of Medicine. We are discussing the process of developing a statewide registry for joint implantation outcomes. Doctor, nationally, physicians balk at extra paperwork and legal claims from a registry. Is there the same objection at a state level? There is. I think there's objections any time you ask a physician to do more work because we're all overwhelmed. And the idea is that if we can take the physician out of the data collection somewhat, we have a chance. And so our registry is set up to capture just trips to the operating room, so the initial surgery and plus any problems that would require a return to the operating room. And much of the data can be entered in by the circulating nurse in the operating room while the physician is operating, and that's our model. The physician interacts with them in, in giving them the data to input, but it's not something that they have to finish a surgery when they're tired and then go sit down and try and enter in data. How are you getting physicians and institutions to sign on to this? What we have found is that we're better off getting hospital chains to agree to enter in the data for all the joint replacements performed in their hospitals. And that's the way we've approached it. The initial way, we got a certain group of physicians who were willing to enter in the data during our beta test, which were we're still in, and those physicians have worked, you know, tirelessly and without pay to enter this data in, but we, we realize that's not a long-term solution. Well, overall, would the participation be mandatory or voluntary? Well, we think that it ultimately needs to be mandatory. The registries across the world, some of them are mandatory, but most are voluntary. But they've created such a rationale for the registry that the physicians entering in are largely glad to do it. Plus, they've made it so that the data set is small enough that the physician, it's not an onerous thing for the physicians to enter in. Now, in my reading, in the state of Virginia, there are a ballpark 200 orthopedic surgeons doing joint replacements. How many do you need 
for an accurate registry? Do you need all of them, or can you just have some of them? Most of the people that talk about registries talk about a compliance number of above 90%. So, you know, I think we, we need to get to 180 of those surgeons, and I would prefer to think of it as the amount of hospitals that are performing joint replacement. We need to get to at least 90% of the hospitals performing joint replacement. Ultimately, I think our, our goal is, if it is successful, that we could ask the state to mandate that this data be provided to the registry. What are the feelings of the prosthetic manufacturers about this whole process? I wouldn't say that they've been standing in line waiting to give us money. I wouldn't say that they certainly haven't come out against it, but they haven't been interested in developing their own internal registries. Do you require their participation? or their involvement? We don't. We think it should be separated. We certainly don't want a registry that looks as if it may be influenced by one manufacturer or another. Well, do you need their input? I don't know that you need their input. You need their help with being able to correlate lot numbers with specific prostheses, and it would be very helpful if they would donate their barcodes, which could help us automate the process and make it more accurate. And I think that in our discussions with them, they they are willing to do this, and I hope we'll do this. I was just going to ask you what thus far has been your experience with your relationship with the manufacturers in terms of developing this registry. Well, I know that there's been a national group looking at trying to develop a national registry, and they have had discussions with all of the big prosthetic producers, but we have not had any specific discussions in Virginia. Now, we've learned that you've hired lobbyists to petition the lawmakers. What did this campaign teach you about the legal process, at least in Virginia? Well, it's interesting. It taught me that we as physicians shouldn't give up and that we do have power. Every person has power if they're willing to work within the system. What makes you say that, sir? We wanted an amendment to the Patient Safety Act of Virginia that would allow us to collect this data without fear of legal discovery. And most peer review groups in hospitals have that already, but registries and other groups are not necessarily covered. And so we went after that, and and we found that lawmakers were by and large in in favor of, of this. They think it's a good idea, and they're willing to help us develop it. Did you ever get discouraged? Oh, I get discouraged about every other day, but uh, <laughs> but, but I guess I'm like Albert Einstein. I he, the definition of insanity is continuing to do the same thing. But <laughs> well, let's let's talk about uh, looking in your crystal ball. What do you think, looking in the future success of your campaign, five years, ten years down the line, what factors are you looking? towards that will make a difference? I think in five years, my goal is to have 90% compliance in the state of Virginia for hip and knee replacements. And I believe that we are going to learn some demographic data about who is getting joint replacement, know what percentage of our population is getting joint replacement services. But I think we'll also identify problem areas that we need to address, and I think it's important that we come up with the right mechanism to address it, because our goal is to improve health care, not punish health care providers or implant companies or anything else. 
Finally, are you sharing your enthusiasm with other states? We have been in talks with three other states. We did a legal review of the Patient Safety Act statutes in all the 50 states and identified the states that would support a registry immediately and ones that would need some legal change. And so we're approaching the states that could move forward immediately to see if we can develop registries in other states. I want to thank our guest, Dr. William Jaronik. We've been discussing the process of developing a statewide registry for joint implantation outcomes. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, and you have been listening to a special segment focused on healthcare policy on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to visit our website at ReachMD.com, featuring on demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please call us toll-free at 888-MD-XM-157. And thank you for listening.